This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi, this is Nisan Channel, and I am I just interviewed Uncle Meyer Weiss and, and um, a few talk talk um, topics we talked about was about Nudge Papa's life and what he did for a living and how he helped Yidin when he was alive. And how I learned a lot about um, Nudge Papa, my grandfather. My great-grandfather. Now here's a short clip of Yitzhi Chernoff singing. Matolo, oh, Akayako, Mishkanose, Kayesa. I hope you enjoy the interview. Okay. Um, what year and what town was Nudge Papa born in? That's an excellent question. He was born August 3rd, 1922. It was Tisha B'Av in Hebrew, and the town was K-U-P-V-A-R, Kupvar. Right, um, In Hungary. In Hungary. How old was Nudge Papa when the Holocaust started? <laughs> I would have to say the Holocaust started in about 1939, 1940. Right? So when did it hit uh, 100? That would make him 18. Oh, so he was 18 years old. Oh, wow. 18 to 20. Well, let me tell you a little bit more about it. Jacob Yehuda's father's name was Mayer, and his mother's name was Minka. And Minka was born to her mother, her whose whose name was um, I can't remember exactly, but it'll come to me. And her father's name was Yitzchak. His father. His mother's father, his mother's grandfather was Jacob Yehuda. So that's, so that's where he got his name from. What year did Najpapa come to America? Well, you're skipping a lot of information. <laughs> he came to America in 1950. Um, what's wait, the- wait, 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 let, let, let me tell you about... Um, um that my questions are not in order. I just started them as I went along writing them down. <laughs> so like so the pictures could be from nineteen twenty to the nineteen fifty. Um, the pictures mean the information. Right, right, the information. So do you want do you want um Uncle Meyer to tell you I guess if you want to just tell Masana whatever you know that, that would you think would be interesting to him. Well, first I'll listen to what he prepared. Okay. How old are you? Nine. 
Oh my, you're a phenomenal young man. Thank you. You're very, very special. Thank you. Um, well, um, we number four. Did he go to Yeshiva in Hungary? He absolutely did. He learned in a very Hashavi Yeshiva. He learned in Papa. Papa is a town near where he lived. And he went to Yeshiva when he was about 12 years old. Yeshiva 12 years old? To a sleepover in Papa. What um what type of yeshiva? Like an elementary or like a high school? I don't know his elementary, but this was more like high school. Okay. Um can you It was the Papa me, Yeshiva. Can you tell me some special stories about Nudge Papa? Yes. Uh, since you're all over the map, I will I will <laughs> tell you uh, stories. Of his, I'm trying to think myself. I'll give you one good story, and this was when he was. My father had one brother. And that's it. So his parents had two children, right? Mm -hmm. Uncle George and my father was called Yoji and his brother was called Yuri. Um, my and friend. Right. He is, Nathaniel's friends with Uncle George's grandson. You know that? I did not know. That's so, um, Kiwi Bookman Book. lives in Baltimore and his yeah. son, his son Ephraim Bookman is Nathaniel's age. Okay, so Kiwi Bookman's grandfather, uh, no, great-grandfather, was my uncle. Right. And they wrote a book on the family. And they gave it to him as his 70th or 80th birthday party. So it would be interesting for you to get a copy of that. And I have one copy if you want to get it. But that would be a, a later time. And the story is that I was born in 1951. And my sister, Tante Gitti, was born in 1954, March 19th. And my, your, your grandmother was born February 1969. I believe 16. What? 69. 1959. Ni 1969, 1969, I think. To send us to good schools. It wasn't so easy. And they worked very, very hard. They came to a country where they hardly spoke any English. And the Rabbi Nishlam was very good to them. And they were able to send us to school. And 
they made us a bar mitzvah for me and a sweet 16 for my sisters or the bas mitzvah. And they were very, you know, hardworking. My father had all sorts of jobs. He did it all besimcha. Wasn't it the time that everybody spoke Yiddish? What? I um wasn't wasn't that like in those days everybody spoke Yiddish even in America? That could be, but my mama hardly knew any Yiddish, but my father knew Yiddish from yeshiva. Oh. And from his house, but this language of the house was mainly Hungarian. Um, was there was that a time where everybody, all the Jewish children, go to public schools? Yes, but that was the generation before mine. In other words, people that were in America from the nineteen, let's say, forties or 30s, they had no opportunity, or the 50s even, no opportunity to get Yiddish learning. So they went to public school to get educated. How big was your class? I was born, I was born in 1951. So the people in New York that were growing up, they didn't have Hebrew schools then either. So they had to, you know, go for a few years to public school until 1960. And they were starting to get more and more yeshivas from the Bains. How Europe. many kids were in your class? In my class, I was in a very good school in Chicago. There were about twenty-five kids. That's that's a very big amount. Well, my, yeah. According to my class, the, but there's in my class there's twenty nine kids. My mm. old school there were about like no, he, he's saying in his grade there was twenty five. Oh, twenty five kids in, in the, the whole grade. grade. Yeah, yeah, I worked the same page. So in each class, how many classes were in your grade? Only one. Only one. We didn't have multiple classes like you guys yeah. have. Um, the next question, and um, what was the this one? What was? What was the mitzvah he was especially careful about? Well, that's a very good question too. The mitzvah that he was very, very medactic in is shalom. He always wanted peace, never arguments. He was a big Moki rabbanon. He loved rabbis very, very much. He helped them as much as he could. And um, if anybody had a machlaikas, he tried to straighten it out. If anybody needed a meal or money, he brought him into our house while I was growing up. And him and Noid Mama would feed them and treat them royally, real hachnosas or him and go to the Nebuch people that nobody wanted. He learned that from his father, because his father in Hungary was a very wealthy man, and he had a meat market. And in shul, they would collect all the archim, the guests that didn't have where to stay. And after they gave everybody one, my father's father took two or three more. Um, so. That's how Nudge Papa got the trade of 
You're being a butcher? No, because he got a butcher because his father was a butcher. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. And yes. Did he keep Chav Yisrael? That's where he learned how to be a butcher. Did he keep Chav Yisrael? That's a very good question, too. Not only do I not, I can't answer that, but what I can tell you is there's a Rabbi Meisels in Chicago who was the Rav at the time. And my father woke up early twice a week to go out to a farm to get Harvey straw milk for the rabbi. It was unpasteurized. That means it wasn't, didn't reach the level to kill the bacteria. And what he did was he bought 60 or 80 bottles of milk for the Hasidish people that wanted Chal of Yisrael. And that's how he helped those people. Wow. Did he do it himself? He did it himself, and he had a good helper. So? Me. <laughs> My job was to clean the bottles so they don't have bacteria oh in them. Oh, my goodness. To, to get the um bottle sterile so to speak as sterile as we could so when we brought it home to the people the people pasteurized it by themselves that's a process of making pure the milk so wow. it doesn't have to be and they did it. they could have just taken regular they did that special so they could have cholesterol that's why they went yes. through the whole process that's right there. wow wow that's amazing did not cover kept the milk if he's out of town they wouldn't keep cholesterol one more time then that's proper kept the manhood that they would that after if he's out of town they don't keep cholesterol did Naj Papa have a minhag that even if he was out of town or traveling that he would keep Chal of Israel? I can't answer that because I don't I don't know. I don't think so. But but in 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 the chesed that he did for the people that kept Chal of Israel was magnanimous. I don't know if he himself kept it or not. Wow. Wow. So he would carry the bottles to the people? He would bring them to the people? Yes. Wow. So he didn't have a wagon. And, and, and if, I, if I was lucky to go with him, then I would carry, help him and bring the bottles up with him. Wow, that yeah. is unbelievable. Do, wow. you have any mem do you have any special memories of Nutch Papa? Yes, very many. The one I will tell you. Oh, we don't, we don't see you anymore, but we do hear you. Um, it's okay. I'm sorry. The oh, one yeah, that I, yeah, yeah. the one that I will tell you is basically. I don't want to end with this, but it's the last memory memories that I had when I was already 20 years old, and that is that my father had a very very close friend. His name was Redovin Winchester, and Re do you hear me? Yeah. We hear you. We just don't see you. Okay, Rabbi Winchester was one of the people that learned in Hebron Yeshiva during the Hebron massacre, and he walked around 
with a bullet in his body from the Hebron Yeshiva. Oh and he God. came to Chicago and he had a shul that was called Nusachari. And in Nusachari, he was the rabbi and he was concerned very, very much about all the economics of the poor people, Rabbi Winchester. And he would go collect money, etc., etc., wherever he could. And he used to come to my father because his shul was about a block away from my papa. And my father used to write out checks for him as he, as he said he should. You know, when he gave him the direction, he did. Anyway, uh, naturally, he tried paying them back. And if he couldn't pay him back, he didn't pay him back. But there were mainly loans. At his patira, when he was nifter, my father is a kayan, but he made a speech outside of the funeral home, and he said, whoever has any kindness on Rebdubbin Winchester, that he owes them money, should please come to me, I will pay every penny. Wow. Did you understand that? Yeah. When my father got sick to the point of no return, I asked him, Ta, Lachar may have asked for him, where do you want to be buried? You know what he told me? I already told mommy, that means my mama, near Rabbi Winchester, wherever he is buried. I didn't know, or maybe I did know, but that was in Israel. And we contacted the people that gave Rabbi Winchester the property where he was buried in Harazasim. And I was able to buy from them a plot where he is buried. He was zeichet to be in Eretz Yisrael in Harazasim. You want to be that, next to, Sorry? You want to be next to Reverend Winchester? Yes, because he was very close to him. Wow. And I want to just add on a happy note that I can honestly tell you, and I didn't have much to know about, much to do with you till Hanukkah, but the whole Hanukkah party was worth it for me to get to know you, Yehuda. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that you are an all-star of a human being and you have tremendous capabilities, a lot of smarts, and Hashem should smile on you and give you the ability to be and to be a big Tamil Chacham and a Yerushalayim and Achrin Achrin Chavit. So we can eat. Have a great night Amen. and a good Shabbos. Amen. Thank, Thank you so, so much. much. Take care. Good I'll night. I'll send you the recording. <laughs>